Hello and welcome to the Sports Ethos DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Mike Apatria, joined by the one and only Harris Germani. We're here to break down this Thursday light, very light two-game slate. It is January 27th. Harris, my man, how are we? I oh, mean, been a long day, can't complain, but uh, there's only... A few things in the world that I hate more than really icy sleet weather, which we've been having for the last couple of days, and that's a two-game slate. I absolutely despise (laughs) having just that much in the game. There's just no margin for error whatsoever in the lineup. You know, there's probably going to be a number of people with the quote-unquote perfect lineup on the night, so you're probably splitting even if you put up something big. So it's always, it's just one of those days I always regret, and uh, I know we were talking about it off-air. I got I'm down to give recommendations. There's definitely value to be had here, but I probably will not be playing all that much tomorrow. It's just not uh, not the kind of slate I like to get into. Yeah, it'll definitely be a little bit of a light day for me. I'll probably pump out a couple single entries and call it a day with that. Uh, not going to go too, too crazy. But like you said, there is some value. There is some, I think there is with, there's some high price studs on the slate regardless. You know, there's there's three guys or almost four guys that are priced uh, you know, over 9K that we could consider. Five, I guess, but I don't think we're really targeting Davis too much with only it being his second game back. But that means that there is some margin for error uh, for some people if they don't pick the right stud. And that's probably what it's going to come a lot down to. And then there's going to be those mid-tier guys who outperform expectations. So I'm actually not looking forward to it, but it's it's probably one of the better of the two game slates, I guess. We have two pretty competitive games. They both should be at the very least. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll jump right into it, man. Let's not waste too much time. I know people... People got stuff to do, just like, you know, people got stuffs, and this is only take about 15, 20 minutes. Uh, a quick shout out to Thrive Fantasy. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this NBA season. Come prop up with us, I should say, because we're out there every day. Uh, Thrive is the number one daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. With Thrive, you eliminate countless hours of research. Focus only on top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. You choose 10 of 20 available prop bets to build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and under. Based on how likely it is to hit, hit up the most props, rack up the most points, and win a share of that prize pool. Thrive has over 50K in guaranteed prizes weekly for the NBA alone and has awarded over $6 million so far. So use promo code ETHOS, E-T-H-O-S, when you sign up and receive a 100% instant first deposit match on up to $100. Download Thrive in the App Store, Play Store, or visit the website at www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop Today, first game of the night, we have the Los Angeles Lakers traveling to Philadelphia to take on the Sixers. For the Lakers, Davis is probable. Uh, Only people out are the guys that have been out. We have Kendrick Nunn still out and then some G League players. And then for the Sixers, Seth Curry remains out. Danny Green is questionable. Shake Milton, uh, Paul Reed, Ben Simmons, Jaden Springer, Miles Powell all ruled out. Check this game line, my friend. 217 and a half. Philly being favored by two. I will pass it over to you. Talk about this Lakers team. Uh, are you looking at anybody on the Lakers? And is LeBron worth spending up on? Well, I'll get the first thing out of the way. LeBron is always worth spending up on. And if anything, it helps uh, that he has all of his guys back because that takes away some of that uh, some of that scoring pressure that he has on him, but allows him to get some of his dimes back. We've been seeing that for the last month pretty much now that he really hasn't put up those double digit assist games that we've been used to seeing even though he's getting the rest of his stat line which is kind of 
lowered a little bit of a ceiling. And I mean, he's still getting 60s in there, but really LeBron is LeBron and he's just had an absolutely monster season. And for the Lakers to get back on track, they need to be winning these kind of close games. So I totally expect LeBron on this night in Philly to go all out to really try and get that dub. So at 11,100, he's actually my favorite stud on the night. I know Embiid on the other end would have been my other consideration and I'll speak about him later, but I just think there's... You know, as safe a floor as you can get for any stud that is there with the upside with having more guys to be able to pass to. Anthony Davis still obviously on a little bit of a minutes restriction as he came back, you know, 25 minutes in his last game. Probably won't see too much more than that, but just having him to be able to take a little bit of pressure off, obviously not going to pick him tonight, but it helps uh, LeBron out to, to be able to go a little bit more one-on-one against a Philly team that obviously has size at the front, but they, they don't have the size in the perimeter to be able to handle that. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. The other side of it, and really the only ancillary piece I've trusted over the last little while has been Malik Monk 4,500. I believe he has the upside to be able to have that hot shooting night. Again, as we said, in two game slates margin for error, if not non-existent, it's very low in that. Yes. Your studs are going to be probably the ones that make that base of your entire lineup, but it's going to be these value guys who have an outsized performance. That's going to change up everything on this kind of a slate so for him Malik Monk to get likely double digit shot attempts again likely in the high mid to high 20 minutes and then needing his uh, capability to be able to stretch the floor doesn't need to be able to shoot 12 threes a game as he did in the last one and obviously that uh, 36 DK point night may lead to a little bit more exposure but out of all those other guys I do find myself going to him and of course him having the uh, the eligibility to also be a shooting guard that helps out everything else as well so we kind of have it a little reversed because I have Embiid uh, a little higher than LeBron. But it's only by a little, not too, too much, maybe like five DK points or so um, if I had to, to guesstimate or project. But, I, yeah, I do think Embiid is going to be my favorite stud on the slate. I'm with you, though. It's, for me, when I'm building out my lineups right now as we speak, it's just the ancillary pieces. I do like Malik Monk a lot. I wouldn't mind taking a stab on a guy like Carmelo Anthony, just putting up double-digit points in the last four games, even with Anthony Davis back. If this guy's going to be taking, you know, close to double-digit shots like he has had a three out of the past four, still plenty of uh, plenty of room, and it's a two-game slate. Uh, you know, obviously we're we're not going to find too many heavy hitters less than four and a half k necessarily. So just being able to get five x on a two-game slate is going to be important. I think both those guys have have it in the realm of possibilities to easily return five x. So I think those are going to be my two main targets. Wouldn't mind going to LeBron, you know, from building multiple lineups. Sure, why not? If you are trying to spend up on two studs, you can do it that way as well. Uh, on the Philly side of the ball, like I just said, Joel Embiid is easily, I think, my top stud on the slate. The Lakers have kind of been getting torched, uh, and Embiid is on a roll. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Dude has no less than 65 DK points over the last four games. His usage rate in that span is like 40%. Uh, I'm all over him in this one. The dude is just making a case for MVP. They're not going to get it. Jokic deserves it. He won't get it, but... Definitely make it a case. Uh, and then outside of him, I think there's definitely some ancillary options that we could take stabs on. Moss has been uh, ice cold in that last one, but definitely an option for us at 48, just knowing that there's no Seth Curry, knowing there's no Shake Milton, he's going to have to get some decent run. I'm waiting for you to mention your boy, uh, Matisse Thibel, so I, I won't mention him. So I'll let, I'll let you do that. Uh, obviously, I do think he is in play, which is why I'm mentioning it again. Uh, not somebody I normally target, but on a two-game slate, you lower that bar a little bit, he makes that player pool. So those are probably going to be my three primary targets, but it's the Lakers' defense. It's their pace. You could really look at Tobias Harris and Maxey. I think those guys are going to be 
those are going to be the difference makers on the slate. You know, those guys, if they can pay off that 5X salary, you're going to want them. There's no doubt about it. And they both are perfectly capable of it, especially I think if I was going to lead anyone, it would probably be Tobias. Uh, but it's going to be it's tough for me to spend up on Tobias and Embiid. Uh, I'd probably only want one of them. So depending on if you play LeBron, you might want to throw in Tobias or Maxi, if not both. And if you play, uh, you know, maybe if you're playing a little bit of Embiid, uh, you maybe shy away from Tobias to go maybe look at Maxi instead. But you give me your take on this team. Yeah, fair enough. And I think we have uh, a little bit of reversal on this as well, because I think Tobias is probably my favorite sixer to be able to take, because even though Embiid is, of course, Embiid, and he's going to be in my player pool, and I might be shifting a little bit uh, between him and LeBron, I think Tobias is the one who's been the greatest beneficiary of of, uh, Seth Curry being out. Not only has his minutes total gone up into the high 30s, if not hitting up to 40, but his shot totals have gone up in that time as well. I mean, got up to 19 in the last one, 17 two games prior to that as well. And it's just been far more involved as far as the offense is concerned. His rebounds have taken a positive uh, turn as well. So all of that just gives him an incredibly solid floor for where you want to be able to work at. And at 7,300, which is a little bit less than that 74 that he hit 57 DK points with, I think you've got that upside to be able to go with it. Because I personally never take Maxi. Uh, I just don't think he's a guy that can give you the kind of upside you'd want, even on nights where he's done pretty well he never really gets much past 40 and he's only really done that twice in the last like 15 games he's just a very solid guy he's one of those ones where i like him in cash games i know you know what you're going to be able to get from him he'll probably get to that 30 to 32 dk points and get you uh that 5x but he just doesn't have that capability to go off like a tobias harris does so that's where i'm leaning and you already spoiled my uh matisse tybull surprise but it's just the minutes he's getting 28 33 in the last two games we know his offense is never going to be his calling card but as long as he's on the floor those ancillary stats will come I mean, just from his blocks and steals he'll find a way to be able to pay off his value so i'm definitely finding myself having a good bit of him just because there are situations where i'm able to get two of those studs in and then matisse Seibel is the one to be able to round out that lineup but from the sixers in general tobias harris is my guy yeah, there's definitely going to be surprisingly a decent amount of 5x value, I think, on this slate. I don't, like I said, I don't expect there to be many heavy hitters that are, you know, 4k or 5k less guys that could put you up 50. But 5x is what we're looking for. Anything more is a cherry on top. We'll move on to the next game. A little bit of a two and a half hour gap in between these games. Uh, Minnesota is traveling to Golden State, taking on the Warriors. Draymond, Iguodala, Wiseman, and Quindary Weatherspoon out. And then we have Jalen Noel, Patrick Beverly, both questionable. Uh, Leandro Balmaro is in the G League for a game total, 228, five and a half point spread being favored towards Golden State. Uh, I'll pass it over to you. Start with Minnesota. There's a couple guys I have my eyes on, but I want you to I want to hear your take, man, because there's there's I'm going to have a question for you when it's all said and done. Yeah, fair enough. And I mean, I'm going to have to stay on brand here and that anytime Carl Anthony Towns is below 10K, he's always in the top end of my player pool. There's just to me, he's just way too cheap to be able to be that guy be below 10k and he's had a couple of games in which he hasn't fully paid it off but we know exactly what he can do in any sort of situation especially given the golden state warriors are down draymond i don't really like uh, kevon looney to be able to do anything against him defensively and we know when car when cat gets into any sort of a groove he can rack it up in a real hurry so that center as i said if I'm having a situation where I'm taking LeBron in more lineups than not, it's indeed that I'm probably fading in that situation. And then Cat is able to fit in, given the fact that I am I can go with like a Tobias Harris to 
give me that mid-tier value instead. So I love Cat completely on this lineup. I think he's going to do great against the Golden State Warriors. He has a history of some pretty decent games against them. Uh, last year, he had a 60 DK point game against them as well. So he's always enjoyed the matchup. The other one, and this is purely from the amount of minutes and the rebounding potential that he has, and that's Jared Vanderbilt. 5,500. He's been just, again, rock solid. We talked about Tyrese Maxey being rock solid on the other end. Vanderbilt is the same way, but he gives you that rebounding upside to be able to get to higher DK point ceilings. At 44.75 in the last game as well. Last three games has been incredibly solid. No game less than 30 in that as well. So to be able to pay off, that's a great spot to go. And then it really comes down to which torch you think is going to go off tonight between D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards he said you can kind of go one way or the other I've said in the past that I usually like taking D'Angelo Russell more so than I like taking Edwards just because he has more of that human torch capability but of course Anthony Edwards is coming off an absolutely monster game and for the kind of player he is he's one of those that rides his streak so once he gets on a hot streak you'll find him really going on for a couple of games at least before he drops kind of half a dud to get himself back down to earth so you know, that'll make your decision for you, but Cat uh, for sure is my main guy on here, and Vanderbilt's going to be the uh, the second running. Yeah, so I mean that was that was part of my question. I had a feeling you were going because you you like Russell. You always mentioned that in our shows yeah. where if it came down to it, would you take Tobias or Russell uh, around the same price tag? Was going to be my question for you. So I'll let you answer that, and I'll I'll give my take on this team. Yeah, and. I think it comes down to position eligibility. So I do think at this moment, given the fact that uh, Seth Curry's out, Tobias is being asked to shoulder that much more on the offensive end. And just plain and simple, there's more weapons right now on the Minnesota side. I'd probably lean towards Tobias. Not only is he cheaper, but he's been showing a little bit more of that upside. But you can never go wrong with D'Lo. And uh, he's just one of those guys that can go off for a 60 DK point game at any given night. Fair enough. I'm, I'm with you on Cat, though. I think my initial build is going to roll out double center. Uh, with Cat and Embiid as my top spend-ups. Uh, is it crazy to say I don't think I'll have much of Edwards or Russell? Uh, I just don't think I'm going to do it. I just don't think it makes sense from my construction standpoint. I think, uh, if anything, I'm going to attack this team with Carl Anthony Towns. And then i got to keep an eye on Patrick Beverly and Jalen Noel. If both those guys sit, I think Malik Beasley becomes a great value play. He's kind of had his role eaten into, into by Jalen Noel, who's been outplaying him all season long. But again, they're going to need him to kind of play a pseudo backup point and shooting guard a little bit. Definitely think he can easily hit that 28-minute threshold at 3,600. If we see Beverly does play, I'd like Beverly at 4,200. We know that he's a guy that gets up kind of for these matchups against top point guards. Uh, He's averaging 25 DK points against the Warriors in 30 minutes this season. I expect if he's able to play a full workload, he will play as many minutes as possible trying to chase Steph around. So, you know, I think, you know, I don't want to overexpose myself necessarily to this game. Well, this game kind of have to. I mean, this team... So I think, you know, going with Cat and then going with one of those ancillary guard options, I don't mind Vanderbilt one bit. I just don't like pairing Cat t- uh, with Vanderbilt. Kind of eats into each other's rebounding upside. So I'll probably just go with one of them. Uh, and right now it's looking like it's going to be Carl Anthony Towns. But listen, it's going to be all about build. If you want to, I think we have enough value actually going through this where if you wanted to play LeBron and Embiid or something like that and then maybe go with Vanderbilt, you could easily do that. It's really going to come down to your build, but for the most part, it's Cat. It's going to be whatever guard ends up playing in the off the bench or at the two, whether it's Beverly or Beasley, Noel. I think all three of those guys are in play. I kind of want one of them to sit. That way it gives the other two a little bit more value, but don't think I'm going to be on Edwards or uh, or Russell. As weird as that sounds. It's, it's, it feels weird, but got to take a stance on a two-game slate, and maybe, maybe it eats me, man, uh, onto the Warriors' side of the ball. I uh, don't think I will have much Steph Curry. If anything, I'll lean Clay Thompson. He's slowly getting the minutes worked up. 
Uh, played 26 in that last game against Dallas. Obviously, we know he's still, you know, kind of been shooting slump. He hit 50 percent in that last one, but for the most part, uh, he hasn't shot more than like 45 or 46 prior to that, and that's that's pretty much the high. Every other game's been 35 or 38 or less. So he's going to eventually get catch fire. This dude still get his legs under him. But 26 minutes, uh, that's enough for me to pay the 5300 for Steph Curry. Uh, and then I wanted to look at Kaminga because I do like Kaminga in this matchup. He's coming off of a pretty big game where he shot 8-9. I'm not expecting that to happen, but the minutes have been down. And for some reason, I'm getting I'm getting the feeling this could be one of those Kaminga games where he ends up playing like 22 uh, again, not the best value. I think we've talked about several other value plays that could have higher upside. Uh, and then I think Andrew Wiggins. I'm going to take a. I'm going to be taking stabs at these wings for the most part. This is a little bit of a revenge game for Wiggins. Uh, in two games so far this season, he's averaging 33 DK points against his team, and he's only 5700. I think that's just way too cheap for Wiggins. Not a guy I normally find in my player pool, and that I'm normally excited to play. But I really do like him on this slate and at this price. Yeah, no, I think you've hit the nail on the head. Uh, I pretty much fading Curry as well, even though he's got he's to come back at some point to really have the kind of game we've been expecting. But his shooting has just been so awful for such a period of time that it's kind of hard to be able to trust him, even though his ancillary stats are actually allowing him to somehow make up for a lot of that. I mean, he hasn't paid off in two, three of the last four games, but in the one he did pay off, he had a pretty big 60-point game. So, you know, the upside's always there. You can go with him, but he's definitely on my lowest tier as far as studs are concerned. I don't even think he gets as many raw points as Carl Anthony Towns could get for 9,200. So I do uh, stay off him. I do like Clay Thompson. As you said, got 26 minutes in the last game. I think they're slowly ramping him up to be able to get to somewhere into that 30 mark. Probably gets to 26 in this game, but again, if he's going to be putting up... 12 to 17 shots, which we know he can do in a hurry. Even if he hits uh, 40% of them, he'll likely pay off his value just from everything else. So that's there. Uh, personally, I mean, Kuminga, yes, he's uh, he's got that capability to play a couple more minutes. Perhaps if this game doesn't, uh, doesn't happen to be as tight as you may potentially get, because Golden State could have one of those games at home where they you know go off and blow out the team early and then you get more Kuminga minutes. That may be a pivot that I may be interested in, but by and large, if there's any like forward that I may be looking at over here, it'll probably end up being uh, someone like a uh, Andrew Wiggins. Not because he has the greatest upside, but it's just one of those where 5,700 will probably round out one of my lineups if I need a forward guy. Because outside of Matisse Tybal, and if I'm actually going to take someone like an Anthony Edwards, there's not really that many small forwards that I'm too interested in as far as this lineup's concerned. So just kind of from a necessity perspective, I may have to go ahead and slot him in just to uh, kind of fit the rest of the lineup in. All right, my friend, let's do our player tier action. We got so many options tonight uh, that this should be fun. Uh, I'll let you start off. I think we both know we're going with our expensive tier, but lead us off, my good friend. Yeah, then I have to go ahead and stay on brand on it. LeBron James, 11,100. I said he's my favorite stud on the slate. Just got all the upside to be able to do exactly what he is needed. And in a Philly matchup, which is you know, Battle of the Titans, and with LeBron having his entire crew back, that just gives him more opportunity to do that little bit of everything and uh, give you that uh, 60 to 65 DK points upside. And I will go with surprise, surprise, Joel Embiid. Uh, I think, you know, we both could we both agree that Cat's still a little solid play as well. But those are the two guys I probably expect to be the highest raw point scorers on the slate. And then let me see. I'm going to try to guess this. I think I know, but I'll let you say who is your mid-tier option. Yeah, well, uh, he's five of the six uh, ways of the, <laughs> in terms of my namesake on the way there, Tobias Harris. That joke didn't land as well as I wanted it to, but <laughs> 7,300. 
Hey, I'm going to go ahead with him as my mid-tier guy. As I said, uh, just the way the lineups are working out, if I'm taking LeBron in more often than not, I do want exposure on the other end. I do think Tobias Harris has rock-solid upside, as well as the second option on a team that's needing his offense with Seth Curry out. He's just the guy that fits in well with lineups. That power forward eligibility is really nice for a guy with his usage. So at 7,300, sign me up. And I will go with Mr. Andrew Wiggins. Uh, I just touched on him. I think he's one of my favorite mid-tier value plays on this slate. I think 5,700 is a little too cheap for him. Uh, you touched on the eligibility. Perfectly well said. I don't need to get into that too much. And he's going to be some of probably the most exposure I have in this game in general. Uh, and then we'll go to the value. Surprisingly, this seems like the one that we have the most uh, action in, I guess, is the value segment. But uh, who are you looking at? Who's your favorite value play at the moment? Yeah, and you said there's a number of good ones to be able to go here, but I'm going to stick with the one that has, in my mind, the most upside, which is Malik Monk. Just from an offensive perspective, he's needed to take the kind of shots that the Lakers need, especially from the gravity, the magnetism that LeBron and Westbrook and these guys will now create. He's going to get a lot more opportunities in the corner to shoot those open threes, and if he can hit you know, 40% of them from there, he's probably on his way to a good night. So give me Malik Monk at 4,500. I will go with Patrick Beverly if he plays at 4,200. I just think that this is a picture-perfect matchup for him. Gets up for it. Everything I said before, it's different. I mean, we don't really need to keep going through everything. On a 10-game slate, we'd normally have to rehash it because we might have talked about the guy in the first game 35 minutes ago. Uh, but I was just talking about Beverly maybe 10 minutes ago. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm all in on Beverly if he plays. If he sits and Noel sits, then it would be Beasley taking over that spot for me as the value. Uh, but – that's it, my friend. That is the slate. Now, these are the kinds of games where I think, you know, getting some prop bet action on the two-game slate is extra fun. I, I do like to do the prop bets on this. Uh, there's a few good ones out here. I don't know if you had a chance to take a look, but if you haven't, load that thing up and tell me your favorite prop bet. And if you need some time, let me know. No, I got it. And, you know, funny enough, usually you have more options to be able to take because you have to take 10 and you have some of the guys in your back as the ice pick, but on a two game slate, you only have to go ahead and pick five positions. The one I like most is uh, Clay Thompson, 15 and a half points, the over at 110. And I said, his minutes are ramping up. His shot attempts are going to stay there. He's just pretty much loves to take a shot a minute. So he has all the opportunity to be able to have a 20 plus point night. I was actually thinking this may be 17, 18, and I'd still be interested in the over. So at 15 and a half, sign me up. All right. I like that one as well. Uh, I'm just going to go for the home run. I think I'm going to take the over. Joel Embiid is getting 16 boards in this game, uh, and he's at 13 and a half. So I, I think it's crazy enough. It's the highest highest value on the slate with a over at 125 points. You know, I could have said Wiggins. I was really feeling the Wiggins or even the under on Steph's uh, 32 and a half points and assists. But I'm, I'm going for the home run, man. Uh, you know, you're going to have to, I think. And 13 and a half, the under is not going to get you anything, but the over will win you uh, a good share of one of these prize pools. So risk it for the biscuit. You know what I mean? You got to do it. Yeah. But that's it, folks. That's all we have. Thank you for tuning in. Hopefully this is a nice little fun two-gamer for you guys. And as always, we appreciate you listening. Uh, give us a thumbs up, a rate, review, subscribe, wherever you are listening. It means the world to us. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Mike Apatria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. You can follow Harris at H-A-K underscore devil. That's H-A-K underscore D-E-V-I-L. We will be back tomorrow. It won't be us. So we won't, but uh, it'll be Santino. It'll be Dave Menkoff. They'll be breaking down that Friday slate for you guys. Harris, is there anything else you want to leave us with before we get out of here? No. Uh, Tobias will give me five to six X, much like the letters in his name, five of six. 
in my name. That's how it was supposed to hit. So we'll go ahead and hit with that. And the, uh, the Raptors, there you go. And the Raptors just lost another game because of free throws and 17 of 28 from the line. So I'm just going to go and uh, cry myself to sleep tonight. Uh, you guys got to get Van Vliet back in the line. At least you got Scotty back. Yeah, which, that helped. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, man. All right, folks. Well, we're out of here. Harris is going to go sob himself away and uh, wet his pillow with his tears. But uh, we'll be back. We'll talk to you later. Let's go take down some tournaments.